and we're live. Yo, what's up everyone and welcome to episode four of Coffee and Perspective with Jaystein. Today I am going to be chatting to what I, I, he's one of the most interesting people I've met in my entire life. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to work with him on numerous occasions. He is a mentalist, illusionist, magician, and all-around funny guy. Um, he goes by the name of Brian Miles. So Brian, so, so Brian is, uh, he's an entertainer. So he, we will be covering probably quite a few uh, of the entertainment industry topics. However, he does dabble in um, a lot of the mentalism, which will lend to more psychology sides of things. Um, and because he is a showman, um, it's, we're going to probably cover quite a few things that relate to his shows and, and the business. Um, so before we get going, tell the people who you are, where you come from, and in a nutshell, what you do. Uh, okay, well, first of all, as you said, uh, my name is Brian Miles. And first of all, thanks for having me on your little uh, podcast here. I am... Welcome all the way in South Africa, in Cape Town at the moment. Um, and yeah, far, far away, right to the uh, you know, bottom of planet Earth. And uh, yeah, I'm a mentalist, magician, illusionist, uh, showman, whatever you want to call it. Uh, just somebody who's kind of obsessed with why things work and how they work at the same time. So um, uh, from a very young age, obviously, I realized that pretty much everything we do in life takes place in here uh, and in many ways we are trapped in our own heads in a kind of way in a good way though in a good way and all we have are the sensory organs uh, to make sense of this world and then uh, from sort of a youngish age I've begun to realize how easy we can be deceived um, whether that's uh, consciously or unconsciously, uh, our brain can be fooled. Uh, and as soon as I realized that uh, the brain can be fooled, I began to realize that there are certain techniques and skills that are available to everybody. To and if you can home in and tap into those, brain. yeah, yeah. If you can home in and tap into those, um, then you can achieve some really interesting stuff. And my first goal has always been to try and make that entertaining, to try and take it and, um, not be clinical about it, but just put it into an entertaining format, whether it's using, you know, hypnosis, sleight of hand, the skills of the magician, or, you know, the skills of um, a public speaker, whatever it is you want to call it, put it all together and just try and uh, get a little bit under people's skin, but also give them something to think about afterwards without being too preachy. Yeah. Yeah. What, at, at, at what age, I know you said that you, you found interest when you were quite young yeah. with, uh, yeah. that you realized you can, um, manipulate the mind or someone's thoughts yeah. at what moment, if you can remember at what moment did you go, okay, this is something I want to do professionally. Wow. This, this is something that I want to take and make yeah. like dedicate my life to doing this. Do you remember at any yeah, I do. point? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I'd always, I'd always been from a very young age. Um, I was always the kid who was taking things apart, taking the toys apart and wanting to know why, why the Hot Wheels worked. You know, how did that car work or mm. whatever toy it was? I wanted to know how, how it worked. 
but not only how it worked, I wanted to know why it worked. And I slowly began to realize that there was more to these toys than just the kind of, uh, you know, uh, sort of a friction motor that's in it or, uh, you know, mirror that was in it. And I remember getting one of these little boxes and you can, you can maybe Google this afterwards. Um, and what it was is a small little box, maybe the size of a Rubik's cube, maybe a little bit bigger. And it was a money bank. It's called a Tenyo money bank. Tenyo. And you would put a coin in it, but it would look like the coin would just disappear. It looked like the box was empty. And you would put this coin in and you put the coin in and it's achieved with a very, very clever sort of uh, mirror that's placed at 45 degree angle. It looks like the box is empty. Yeah. But if you shook the box, you could hear the coins. And I just, this thing was like, there was an added mechanism that you couldn't earn, you couldn't get the coins out if you didn't know the secret move. So it was even more frustrating. You'd be like, oh, look, the coins go in, but then you, you can't see them, but now, yeah, now you don't know how to get them out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that I'm not going to tell you how to do because you can still buy these and they're great and I I, I recommend them for for uh, as a present for you know if you've got children or nieces or nephews or whatever I think they're great. Um, and I had one of those from a very very young age. I'm talking like maybe six seven years old. I remember having one, not knowing exactly how it worked, and um, that fascinated me. And that sat on my shelf for a very very long time. And as I got older. Um, one of my close friends was also interested in this, these type of things, um, you know, uh, beginners magic sets and things like that. I never had one of those, but he had one. Um, and he showed me one or two things and I wasn't happy with, um, him just saying, Oh, well you see it's, it's a trap door or whatever. Like that still wasn't happy. I wasn't happy with that answer. I was like, but why did it fool me? I don't understand. How did I not know? <laughs> about about that like how is it possible that you knew and i didn't know and um and then i guess just uh i went to the library my brother reads a lot and um books were always freely available at home mm -hmm. and you know ended up reading everything i could about, about, about sleight of hand the illusion or the magic or no, about 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 sleight of hand what it is hand. that like how, how, you know, the saying is that the hand is quicker than the eye, but that's not really true. It's just the hand is more intelligent than the eye. And I needed to understand how, how it could be that there were skills and techniques that I didn't know yeah. uh, existed. And I didn't even know other people who were able to teach it to me. I'll give you an example. Like um, if you play sports, you know, like uh, if you play tennis, right, yeah. which I love, um, you know that there's going to be another human being somewhere that's willing to teach you the right grip for your backhand. Like, you know that person exists. But when it comes to sleight of hand and even hypnosis, which started to intrigue me also from a young age, yeah. I, all I had was books. There was no person I could go to and say, hey, this is, Can you this teach is Johnny. Yeah. yeah, he'll teach you how to hypnotize people and he'll teach you how to use sleight of hand. And, and, and yeah. that, those people just didn't exist. So I had to read books and reading books sometimes is uh, a little bit better because your brain then interprets it in its own, through its yeah. own filter. Yeah. yeah. And so I, every library book I used to take out uh, when I was like maybe 10 or 11 and like permanent, you know, you could um, renew your library book, right? Yeah, pre, pre Google yeah, era. I was like, <laughs> yeah, just permanently renew the book, you know, just go back in, renew, renew, 
renew yeah. just the that you keep reading that book just over and over mm-hmm. but also at the same time and this is going to start this is where it takes a little bit of a weird turn mm. i found that like beginners like um I want to call them sort of magic tricks. They were, it wasn't enough for me. Like I was like, this is cool and stuff. You know, you've got a matchbox and there's some matches in it and it disappears because it's got a trap door or whatever. Those are great. Mm-hmm. But I took a weird detour largely because of my older brother as well. And I started to read books on the unexplained. Okay. So books on things like um, psychics mm-hmm. and uh, you know, astral trajection and uh, aliens and metal bending and I started to think, well, hold on a second. Are these, do these stem from the same tree or are these two completely different, different things? Parts. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also not happy with the answers of like, you know, does a Loch Ness monster exist? Mm. Um, you know, does Yeti really exist? Uh, has this person had a near death experience? Has this person been abducted yeah, by yeah. aliens? And um, that really intrigued me as well. And along with, uh, along with that, um, kind of unexplained realm comes uh, Rasputin, you know, the, the, the guy that could influence the Russian, Russian uh, uh, Tsar, Tsar, I can never say that word. And um, he was basically uh, a hypnotist, a showman, a charlatan and so forth. And so I became very interested in these type of stories. Mm. Um, and that led me on to things, for example, like um, the CIA and Area 51 and the whole idea of, uh, remote viewing is it possible to for people to be able to pick up imagery that's you know and this type of thing and that kind of led me more towards the kind of mental mentalism, mentalism side yeah. yeah yeah and that intrigued me more than just kind of like here's the coin it's yeah, the I still love that stuff. yeah yeah exactly so i love that stuff and have huge respect for it mm. but i kind of veered off this way mm. rasputin was very interesting for me as well um as well as uh, Anton Mesmer and all these people that were coming up with animal magnetism and reading up about this because I grew up with the internet, but the internet really only came into yeah, its sort on. of functioning in high school, I would say, you know, yeah. like, so this stuff was all from books, um, books that I still have and love and have, you know, the, the dog eared. Mm. And I was just very lucky as I continued this journey to come across interesting people, kind of like what you're doing now. And I stumbled across many um, uh, interesting performers. And I remember seeing uh, hypnotists on television and being very intrigued with that. But there was no one in South Africa other than Max Colley um, and Andre the hypnotist, or uh, who, who's, who's actually still currently going, yeah. that were doing hypnosis. But they were doing it in a sort of comedic way, which I thought was great. Yeah. But I knew there was I knew there was something more to it because doctors have been hypnotizing people and stuff, and so I, I also knew that there was something behind that door as well that was interesting. Mm. And I happened to uh, you know come across interesting people. I spent a lot of time uh, when I so I got through high school performing um, sleight of hand magic and doing mentalism with it yeah. um, all through high school. Yeah. Um, just as just as a hobby, then at that stage, just, yeah, just, just as but, but actually for money. So okay. um, I used to. This is an interesting story. I haven't told anybody this, but what was really interesting was I used to perform in the restaurant every week, um, and I performed in all the restaurants. I could name all of them. You know, Spurs, Saint Almos, Panerotti's, yeah. you name it. I've, yeah. I've done all of that. Been there. Um, and I used to perform once a week, 
every week for five years in, throughout my entire high school career. Mm. I used to have to come back from school because I used to catch the bus to school. Mm. And I would come back and I would literally come back, shower, change, put on my suit and go work the restaurant uh, and come back and then, you know, decide if I was going to do my homework or whatever and so forth. And yeah. So that's how I made my money all through high school. Mm. And when I graduated or matriculated, as we would say here, um, I was encouraged to take a year off as many, many people do and find one out what you want to do. Yeah. 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 You know, you need to find yourself. And is that where um, you decided to find yourself in? Yeah. The so arts? I thought, okay, let's, let's, let's take a gamble. But I, I knew that South Africa, as much as I love it, there was no one, there was nobody here that could, that had the that blueprint could, for you. Yeah. That could push this forward. Yeah. So I, um, to cut a very, very long story short, I basically went to one of these camp fairs in Cape Town where they, these summer camps come. I'm sure you're familiar with it, but for anyone listening, basically these, these American uh, people come to Africa and they put on a camp fair convention and they love to hire South Africans uh, to go and work in summer camp. Obviously, the mm. summer in America is when our winter is. Yeah. and you go and work in a summer camp and they'll pay you and you have to kind of give one of your skills. And so I was at this uh, convention hall and all of these camps were around the, um, around the hall and uh, there were all of these you know, big posters that look very attractive and everyone is sitting at the, you know, at the tables and all you hear is American accents and, and a lot of sort of frivolous young girls who have just matriculated are like, you know, this, they just, you know, this is, this is a big moment. And I, I felt very out of place to be honest. Yeah. Anyway, and I just looked to the right and I saw this big banner and it said um, the name of the summer camp. And then it had all the things they list horse riding, uh, you know, all uh, the cliches. Yeah. Waterfront, you know, um, skiing, uh, acting, singing, music, um, tap dancing. I mean, it got quite specific and I was like, wow, this is, this is really interesting. Even like, um, uh, rock climbing and uh, there was some random things right at the bottom was like magic. And I was like, what? Like as in like magic. magic. Yeah. So I like went to the table and there were two people sitting there and I sat down and I introduced myself yeah. and, uh, said, uh, uh, I see magic. Like, is that as in, sleight of hand mm -hmm. you know and the guy was like yeah yeah it is why i'm like well i'm i'm a magician i, I can do magic." and he was like you're hired literally like that he's like you're hired i was like because it was the more rare right. probably the more rare yeah yeah it's like so yeah exactly right like this was selected no one sits down and says that right like yeah, yeah. so he's like you're hired so i was like oh um what what like how does it work? How is, how is this going to work? And he was like, no, and he gave me the forms and we went through everything. But I promise you it was like that. And that changed my life because when I actually went over and taught on summer camp, I ended up meeting a lot of really interesting American people. Mm -hmm. um, I also met um, a Canadian hypnotist uh, in person who was able to give me some better oh, direction mm -hmm. physically. And I feel like that was still, that was quite a, a moment uh, in, in my in my career, although at that particular point, I wasn't able to use it as much as I could because I was still teaching at the summer camp, yeah. which was fantastic. Yeah. So I was able to meet a lot of interesting people spending time in America and I, and I ended up 
going back for several years um, to the same summer camp, working my way up the hierarchy and so forth, uh, just teaching magic to magic. young kids. And the yeah. kids were great. The American kids were fantastic. Yeah. They learned so fast. Things that took me years to learn, they would learn you know, in a couple of months yeah. and stuff. Mm -hmm. and so it was very, very rewarding. Mm -hmm. um, but at some point I realized I had to come back to South Africa. And I kind of felt like at that time, after three years, um, hopping back and forth, and I even hopped between England as well. I stayed there for nine months, mm. uh, back in the good old days when us South Africans could, you know, <laughs> could go there. Yeah. That's really tough. Um, and I came back here and I was like, okay, I feel like I've got the skill set now and I feel like I feel Describe, like I can start this. Build a career. Yeah, and I started I started really pushing pushing the kind of uh, Brian Miles persona and so forth. Yeah. Uh, and started performing. Uh, I was still performing in the restaurants um, and started performing a lot of corporate shows. Yeah. Um, and as you go along the way, I started picking you up started all sorts of up your, And then oh, that, was, that, that was the moment that you realized, okay, yeah, I, I can so. get some jobs, even if yeah. they're still playing, I can definitely. kind of like make a living out yeah. of this and eventually just yeah, build your brand. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I think for me, it was kind of like a, 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 kind of like a slow momentum. But the one thing that I am sort of grateful for is that I, I feel like I was at least conscious to know that I didn't have the skill set. I feel like if I'd started on my own, I, I, I might have fizzled out or burnt out or felt like it wouldn't so work. So you needed that time. Going over to America, yeah. Going over to the States, just like, just, it was like the best thing. Just opened my eyes like, and, and just realized, you know, um, what was out there and stuff. And yeah, yeah. So I came back. For, for, those that are, for those that are watching, there's a, from what I'm aware, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, mm. you did, probably it was, uh, I can imagine what, it was a big step in your, your branding and your career where you got your own TV show on SABC3. Um, yeah. It's, it's a, for those who are not familiar, it's a South African TV network. And, uh, yeah. and Brian had his own show and it was called uh, One Day with Brian Miles. Yeah, it was cool. yeah. so, so, so um, I had my own uh, TV show in 2016. Mm -hmm. It came out in 2016 and it's a 13-part episode. I mean, I'm sure after this, if people want to find it, it's, it's all on YouTube. Yeah, on I'll, YouTube. I'll try to throw a link in afterwards. So yeah, yeah, and you can, you can put a link and people can watch all of the episodes in mm -hmm. glorious HD. Uh, do you know on the internet for free? Yeah, and yeah. So having my own TV show is 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 quite a um, momentous uh, thing to do. It is a lot of work. Um, if anyone uh, listening is is interested, I will point out a few interesting points that I think um, might be of benefit uh, to certain people, even if you don't live in South Africa. Mm -hmm. If you ever see anybody doing uh, a television show where they are the host as well as the star of the show uh, you are going to have to put in a lot of work um, because if you're an actor you are given your script even if you're the lead you're not in every scene you're just not in every scene you're going to be in the majority of scenes but you're not in every scene hmm. if you are the only star in the show you're in every scene the show is every revolving around you Every single scene is you. Yeah. Um, and it is very tiring. It is a lot of work. Um, and also yeah. writing 
for the show. That's what I was about um, to say. Did you produce as well? Because it was your own show. So yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So so no. So the show is produced by a production company that's based in Cape Town. But the show was written and created by oh. myself and my Canadian hypnotist friend. All right. Um, so yeah. So we 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 did it together, and he flew out here for um, a few weeks to help set up the show and help get the production running. Yeah. And uh, it is something I'm very proud of because um, there are a lot of demonstrations and stunts that we did in that show that have never been done in South Africa ever. Um, yeah. And we tried to be as creative as we could with that show. And obviously people can watch it and they can, mm. they can um, uh, check it out for themselves and they get to see Cape Town as well and so forth. Um, so that was, that was very, very cool. I was also very fortunate enough now that, now that you're mentioning sort of milestones as you kind of as you go, kind of go up yeah. um, that I was approached by an American publisher as well to also write a book uh, to help people get interested in, in magic because a lot of people <clears throat> have a misconception about magic. There's kind of stigma towards it, uh, stereotypes as well, where magic is just done at a children's birthday party. But in the truth, there are various forms of magic. Um, and children's magic is just one genre of magic. Yeah. And I always thought that if someone wanted to learn the skills, because it's the ultimate paradox, right? I mean, how, how, do you, how, does, how does the magician carry on the art if he's not supposed to tell the secret? It doesn't make exactly. sense. And I've never, I mean, I, I respect the secrecy of magic, but I've always been one to pass the art on and mm. to if people come to me and really ask, especially students, um, I'm always willing to help. Um, I, I don't reveal the don't secrets think, or how you. Yeah, do. I don't think magic is this big closed box. Uh, and if it is a closed box and you open it, it's just empty. Yeah. Um, so, so I was able to put together a book uh, for people who are willing to to start out in magic. And I tried to write the book in a way that if I was young or an adult, what would be the best way to learn it? And so. Um, and so my book was also published in 2016 and it's available at all fine bookstores. It's available on Amazon. Um, and uh, it's something I'm very proud of because that also took a lot of work. That was well over a year of my life, yeah. uh, writing, writing every writing, day. Writing takes time. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, photograph and, uh, you know, doing the concept and it, 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 that just took a long time. Yeah. It's something I'm very, very proud of. And it's consistently stayed in the top sort of, hundred on Amazon um, in the magic or magic and illusion or games or whatever categories they throw them out. And so I've been very proud of that. Um, and people still message me. Um, and I've even had people send me videos of them performing effects. Mm -hmm. which is really, really cool. Yeah. So it's really, when, when, um, when we put down, when we put down from here, I'll just get you to send me those links as also okay, whoever's, whoever's yeah. watching, maybe there is someone that wants to, Check out the book yeah. and get it on Amazon. Yeah. Um, it's available in digital format as well, I'm guessing. You can get it on Kindle or whatever, yeah. yeah. So, so they can get there. Yeah. Then from moving yeah. from your, your TV, which I love, by yeah. the way, I've seen your, your episodes on YouTube. Oh, um, so, so moving through the, the One Day with Brian Miles growing up, hmm. this is where I met you, was doing the actual live theater yeah. um, performances. So yeah. I've for those who have been lucky enough to to watch Brian perform a show live, um, you will understand what I mean when it's one of those shows where personally, as I mean, I've watched you, you know, a ton of times. Dozens. Uh, yeah, I've, I've watched the show dozens of times. 
um, where even after, even if I was watching the same uh, show of yours for the 10th time, I still walked out of that theater going, how, like, how, how did he do that? How, you know, how did you, yeah. you know, cause that's the thing. Even if you had to have told me how you did it, mm. it was, you performed it in such a way that it just blew my mind. Like, and that's why I came for the 10th performance. I wasn't just there for right. the, the one because you kept entertaining me, even though I knew right. what you were doing in your show um, from <laughs> yeah. like a structure point of view, it was still super, super entertaining. Um, right. So you've done the theaters, you've done some corporate events. Uh, we met on hmm. the cruise ship where you were doing your show. Uh, yeah. I saw the last one that you were doing now with MSC was called Mind Waves. So nice play on yeah. those. Um, yeah, isn't that great, right? And that—that's all me. I came up with that name. No, yeah, yeah. Um, very creative. Um, so, yeah, so, so, from yeah. what I want to get in with the the live uh, aspect of things, and let's let's keep it to, it can be anything from the up close type of magic to uh, the mm. theaters, like you perform for thousands mm -hmm. um, on the stage. Mm. Um, what is your process when you first of all creating? a show for um for an audience first of all so not the small thing mm -hmm. but for an audience when you're creating a 35 40 minute show what is yeah. your in brief like of course you know I, you don't need to give yeah, away yeah, yeah. Or, or your your side tricks but um, what what is your thought process when putting a show together like this yeah i think um a lot a lot of my work especially for corporates um and, and it's just on a slight side note, which is really interesting, is like um, uh, performing in the corporate world, as you know, but for people who don't, is, I mean, I've done dozens and dozens and hundreds of um, corporate shows, but the audience is very specific. It's all work colleagues. They're all, they're, a lot of them are there and they don't actually want to be there. Um, these events are very closed off. I call them private events. Yeah. Um, and that's a very different audience. And often I work with the client to um, uh, bespoke, uh, do something nice and tailored for them. You know, like really, they obviously have a message and I'm able to adapt and be creative and, uh, and do that. Mm. If I'm performing a public show where people can like buy, buy tickets, tickets and come and to, to watch. Yeah. Um, I, let's call that a theater show. It's a very different audience. People already know me. I don't have to tell them who I am and what I do. Mm. Um, excuse me. So the process is different a little bit, but I, I, I would talk about the theater show because you asked, you know, about the theater. If, if, if I'm going to do a theater show, the first question I ask myself is who am I going to be performing for? Are these, uh, teenagers? Are they adults? Are they families? Um, what is the demographic more or less? Let's I'm say, gonna let's, I'm going to jump in. Let's say yeah. it is like we've experienced with the cruise ship where it could be a mix. Okay. It could be a mixed okay, nationality, cool. okay. uh, mixed yeah. ages, families. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so, so a good, a good spectrum, uh, of audience. I would, I would, my first sort of criteria that I put in is that the show has to be interactive. The people that come and see the show have to be part of the show of the show not just um, watching there are a lot of people that are dancers or singers or musicians take nothing away from them i can't compare apples with pears but many of those art forms like i love playing guitar don't get me wrong 
but I can practice in my bedroom and just play guitar all day by mm. myself. Mm. And I can more or less translate that onto the stage and just play guitar, look at the fretboard, never look up and, and be amazing and burn mm. the fretboard up. Mm-hmm. But with my art, my art involves the human equation. It's people. So it has to be uh, interactive. People have to either come up on stage and be involved in what I'm doing. In other words, they're a necessary part mm. or they should be able to take part in their seats. Because I know a lot of people, it's, you know, it's they don't terrifying come for them to come on stage. Yeah. yeah. So I would say my first element would be interactive the audience have to be a necessary, active, not passive part of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second thing would be to do demonstrations that showcase their abilities. And I'm just this kind of facilitator. Um, if we can put it in kind of rough, rough terms, is I like to give the power that I've developed, if we can call it that, mm-hmm. to them. Mm. Or have them experience with me what that feels like, and that's one. I'll that's one. Of, that's one of the. Yeah. That's one of the. Uh, like I said, when I was in your shows, that normally you put it towards the front of the show at the start of the show, usually, um, and that's normally like the first trigger, like pff, mind blown. Like, how can he make <laughs> me think of something? Yes. How yeah, can yeah, yeah. he make me picture something? Not say it. Exactly. And you said, and everyone's yeah. going. How did he do that type of thing? Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So, so those are just like two, two or three things that I think are very important um, for a show. Um, and also the demonstrations that I do, um, I try to, I try obviously within every art form, they are classics. For example, if you are a musician, you know, there's only a certain amount of scales that you can learn. Now you can go and learn all the obscure ones but everyone knows those scales exist. They're, they're, they're somewhere in a book, somewhere, and you can go Just and learn them. And, and your the, style is what, what you pick. Yeah. In the magical arts, it's very similar. There are certain skills and there are certain effects that we would call classics, mm. but I always like to kind of just give it a little bit of my own flavor because I feel that if I'm just verbatim doing something that somebody else created i'm not really i'm not really an artist and this yeah. is the constant yeah, you're not making, you you're not making it unique to yourself yeah the comparison i make always is a cover band versus mm. writing original music. original music nothing wrong with either of them but mm. i think a true artist would say one that can now take the songs and and and, and write their own make music mm-hmm. i think as a as a performer i've always wanted to to try and do my own things and um it's tough. It's very tough. Um, uh, and so that would be another element that I would put in. There has to be something of you in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be a hundred percent you, but um, it has to be your take on something <clears throat> or your version of something, mm. or you take just two or three elements from something and then you build on top of that. Mm. So that's very important for me because I don't want people to say, and it's tough, I don't want people to say, yeah, we miss Brian Miles, but um, I'm sure we're going to, aren't we going to see like another mentalist? Yeah, another mentalist. Like, another, yeah, exactly. Yeah, even though the genre is the same, I want them to come and see the show because of me. And I hope that I treat the volunteers, you know, with respect and that they feel welcome and that they, they, they leave the theater going, wow, I never thought about that this way. Even if, mm-hmm. even if 
two minutes after leaving the theater, they go, oh, because he, oh, okay, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah. While you were watching the, the show, 35 minutes, 38 minutes, you forgot about what you need to iron when you get home. You forgot yes. about, oh, what are we going to eat for dinner tonight? You just had the an experience. Yeah. And I'm happy with that. Yeah. That is entertainment. For me. I, exactly. I, I, will, I will say, because, um, you know, maybe you want to keep humble about it. But every time I've seen you, um, and I think this is what really also separates the showmanship from the skill, where mm. you take your show, like you say, which involves, um, or the ones that I've seen at least, which involves sure. uh, the mentalism, um, the illusion, the sleight of hand, which you don't realize it's sleight of hand, but you do yeah. incorporate it into your acts. Of course, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. As, as well as the magic, you know, quote unquote magic that, sure. that, that, that yeah. you can do. Um, but then on top of that skill set, you have the persona and the showmanship and um, mm. I'm going to put it uh, in the sense that it's very, it's dry humor, the way you come across for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, just, before, it yeah. just works. <laughs> it just works. Like you're not over the top. You're very calm. You're very passive. And, yeah. and like you say, you get, your show is interactive. So, and that's what, what is our, take my hat off to um to anyone that does this sort of uh, mm. artwork art form is that yeah. i can come up as one of your what do you call it subjects or one of your participants yeah yeah i can come up i might not react the way that you no. typically need me to react for this segment yeah. of your show and yep. you can try and then from that as i'm aware you have to have 10 different options to get me yeah. to react to this uh, segment. And for that, yeah. it's not only, okay, here's my script. It's you have yeah. to think on your feet because anything can go wrong at any time when you've got the interactive yeah. approach. Um, and and it's, it's so interesting what you're saying. I was actually having a, a, this conversation with a colleague a couple of days ago. Yeah. And I, I've been clocking hours on a particular effect that I've been doing. And after every show, I, I take notes. I film every show I do for my oh. own. Um, the best advice I can give to anyone who has, who's an entertainer, musician, comedian, singer, whatever, is buy a GoPro, dedicate it to every show you do, film it for oh. yourself. Watch, um, watch yourself back, yeah. learn from your my mistakes. My girlfriend, she will vouch for you. I watch that footage back. I watch every show back and I cringe at certain things, mm. um, but I take notes. Yeah. And one of the interesting things that I was talking uh, about to, to my mate about this was once you've got your show, uh, in particular with our art, um, you then need to think, okay, great. What can go wrong with this? And if it goes wrong, what can I do about it? Now, sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. There's literally nothing you can do about it. Um, and also what keeps me on my toes is the volunteers and the, the audience members that I use for my show are chosen at random. And sometimes it's hit or miss, you know, you mentioned it now, which I thought was really interesting as well. Like I can get a person up and only after I've done a few kind of things to kind of warm them up, do I realize that actually this person is not going to be a good. great subject. They're not going to be working. Mm -hmm. You know, um, 
sometimes it comes from basic errors, basic instructions, um, especially in South Africa where we have, you know, 12 official languages. Yeah. In the States, it's so easy. You know, people laugh. Like in the US when I was performing, I never had to ask someone, can you speak English or read English? I've never had to ask somebody that. And I have to do it here because, you know, we have a lot of Some of your things you've got to you write on the boards or, yeah. Yeah, or any, or just basic instructions. Tell someone to close their eyes or whatever. Yeah. Um, so certain things we take for granted like that. And um, working with volunteers on stage is also mm -hmm. what keeps me excited. Yeah. Um, because every show is different, if you know what I mean. Every show is different. And it really is different for me. Yeah. Because I could get a fantastic volunteer up and have a great time mm. uh, and the audience love it. Um, or I could get a volunteer up and it's kind of hit or miss and the audience still have a great time and stuff. But because every show is different, it keeps me still excited because I think I would probably get very bored if every show was verbatim. Yeah, you know, like deja vu, you know, Groundhog Night, yeah. you know. Is there, so, is there any, is there any yeah. particular, I mean... Uh, obviously our chat isn't prepared, so I haven't prepped you with any questions. It's just whatever comes yeah. in my head now. Um, but has there been any, any one particular or two particular moments in one of these shows that you've done that stand out that you go, okay, like <laughs> this is one for the books. Like I will never tell oh, yeah, you. Yeah. Oh. Is, is there I, one I could, that you can maybe Yeah, I could go on and tell you. I mean, you, you'd have to pick, I can, Okay, share, 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 share one of the yeah. more recent ones. I can, think of a, I, can, I, I can think of a really, really funny one that happened um, maybe two months ago, if that. Okay. Because uh, I've been home now for a month. Yeah, so two months. Um, I got a volunteer up on stage, and it was a lovely lady. And she sat down in the chair, and I was busy talking to her, and someone was making a noise in the audience. Like I could just hear a sound and I looked down and it was her infant daughter. When I say infant, probably like reality, probably like four or five okay. years old. And this little girl comes running down the stairs, up the stairs onto the stage because mommy is on stage. Okay. So I'm like, Oh, it's very nice to meet you. What's your name? Sarah. Very nice to meet you, Sarah. Sarah, mommy's going to be on stage with, uh, with the performer. So you can just sit <clears throat> in the front row here and you can watch mom. And obviously it's a kid. So then, you know, they don't really understand what's yeah. going on. Yeah. So as I'm talking to, <clears throat> excuse me, the little girl and I look back, here comes little brother down the aisle. Running off. Okay. And he runs up the stairs and he comes onto the stage and this is the best. Yeah. Um, and I, I had some, some, it was a really funny moment. And the, the, the little boy just runs backstage. He just goes into the wing and he's gone. Out. He's gone. And I was like, well, it was really nice knowing your brother. I'm sure he was a nice kid because he just disappeared into the darkness, <laughs> like into the wing. Gone. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Um, uh, is, is dad around? You know, and like dad stands up, you know, I'm like, give this, give the dad of the year a round of applause. He comes down the aisle, kids, he walks like up the stairs. Up. Yeah. He yeah. goes backstage and he, he comes back out with a kid. Everyone's like, Woo! you know, cause it's just me on stage doing the show. And like yeah. one stage hand, he's like doing the curtains and something. That's it. You know, there's yeah. no, there's, I don't have a crew with me. no tech crew. So, yeah. So he takes the, 
the the kid and the girl and he and he, and he takes him on stage and the audience give him a big round of applause and i was like yeah you know maybe you want to increase nap time to them you know uh but it was just a funny moment where um i've never i've never ever had um and i've had weird things i mean i've had people vomit on stage and slip and fall and you know all those things. i've never had somebody just come up and go backstage and like literally dead silence gone yeah yeah and that was really funny and um uh, yeah, so that was that was just something I think was the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, that, that's the that's the joys of the live entertainment. Like especially because your show's interactive. I mean, what we kind of do with if it's production or with the singing or the musicians, um, like you kind of just you know go with it. But because you're speaking constantly to the audience, yeah. that they feel like well, your space is their space as well. Um, yeah, where it can happen uh you have to yeah you have to be on your toes like you are it was funny um it was you have funny. to have those like, quick um, those quick comments to you know come yeah, back with yeah. you like know, you say you know some sometimes improv, brains can go into like sarcasm mode and you it could come out as maybe a little bit disrespectful to the audience yes, yes um, yeah yeah oh yeah 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 because yeah. i mean i know very, myself like that i can say something very sarcastic as a joke yeah. but you with a yeah, thousand no, no, no. audience and not everyone's going to take it the way you you meant it yeah yeah no you you want to um you want to try and be as respectful as you can and it, it was a it was a funny moment and um you know i uh i remember talking to the stagehand afterwards and he was like um he's never you know he's never experienced that like if someone you know just went backstage and the thing is I was actually more worried that the poor boy would walk into something because it's pitch dark. There's nothing, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know how it's like waking up with the light. Like you can't see a thing backstage. You're blind, you know, yeah, and so I was a little bit more worried that he would hurt himself. Um, but luckily it came, it came at the moment of choosing a volunteer. It wasn't in the middle of, we weren't of like show. doing something. It was just, it was just, it was so funny. You know, mm -hmm. I was just like this, you know, I thought it'd be really funny if he went off that way and came out the other wing, the other way, you know? Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah, that would have been really, that would have been the bomb. Then, uh, but, uh, then when, when you do your shows, uh, and I mean, each, each person needs to try, and you touched on this a little bit already, but each person needs mm -hmm. to try, um, you've got your why, you've got the goal that you want to try achieve, whether it be, like you said, people forget about doing their laundry or their ironing, yeah. whatever you're related to. Um, yeah. What is it? in summary that when that audience leaves or the audience member leaves, what do you want to achieve by the time they leave watching one of your live performances? I, I, this is going to, this might sound very cliche, but I, I want people to leave with more questions um, than they came, than they came in with. Um, you know, uh, people can be, there's a fine line between being, critical and cynical as we know it's the same between being talented and vain you know it's, it's hard to uh, to dance between those two and i think um when people come to see the show they're often quite scared um uh, because of the stigmas and the stereotypes of you know even if they don't know what a mentalist is they just know it's uh, you know a lot of people associate uh magic and mysticism and hypnosis with the occult still it's it's, it's a it's still a problem it's a huge problem and i could talk for hours on that but I think people come in a little, a little nervous, uh, and I hope that when they leave, that that nervous tension or that that um, element of being afraid has left them, and they leave with more questions, going, "Huh, 
are the decisions I really make my own? Like, did I, did I really want, yeah, did I really want to go and eat pizza tonight? Or am I just settling for second best? Or is it because my family want to eat pizza? I've just given in. Um, Are the decisions I make really my own? Um, And something that's huge, huge, huge for me, uh, which was a large part of um, uh, the the mind wave show that you mentioned, um, Mm. because it's um, largely based upon free will. Do we have free will? Uh, or does it just feel free? And so for me, this is a huge thing. And this is something I've thought about even when I was younger. You know, are the choices and decisions that I make in my life really my own? Um, and if they are, how do I know that? Um, you know, some there, there's a lot of, I mean, literature been written on, you know, the concept of free will. And some people will say that the only choice we have is to have free will, which is in itself an interesting paradox. So mm-hmm. for me, that's huge. So when people leave the theater, I want them to have had a little kick in the head and go, hold on a second. I don't understand how question themselves. Yeah. Like how, you know, that person that he he clearly doesn't know because I mean, you know, I'm not, you know, there's no, I've used volunteers that are chosen at random in every show. I've done hundreds of shows, you know, Um, they go, you know, I know, I know that lady, Sarah, you know, and then they'll go and talk to her. And she said, I've never met the guy in my life. He said, but, you know, as different as we are, we like to think we're unique, but so is everybody else. And there's certain patterns and um, traits and what do we call them? Population stereotypes that we all fall into that in many instances, we can't really explain. You know, if you, you know, uh, for example, you know, you ask someone to think of a number between one and 10, why do the majority of people say seven or three? We don't really know why. We just know that they do. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> um, so there's a lot of these <clears throat> things uh, that I don't want to call them unexplained because I'm sure there's some type of explanation, but they just feel they feel so strange to us. Yet we're all doing them, um, and then you realize that you are just one very very small fish in a huge pond. In a huge pond. Um, yeah. yeah so, so for me, that's interesting. So I think the biggest takeaway is more questions and to have like a slight kick in the head and just go, oh, okay. Never thought. I never thought about it that never way. Thought about it that way. Yeah. Um, in uh, I, I'll start wrapping off soon. But yeah, sure. In, in the in the concept of the journeys that um, that I'm you know I'm going to be speaking with people about. Uh, majority of the time, there there would have been a, a a period through your your journey, either in the learning phase or within your actual career that you're already running, where hmm. you might have second guess yourself or you might have had doubt whether yeah is this the right career path for me is this really what i should be doing am i good enough these sorts of questions mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. there any moment in your career where or your journey let's call it where you had this sort of doubt or or uh speed bumps in the road that might have happened yeah where maybe you might weren't getting work or you weren't getting jobs or you were sitting poor yeah. or something like that. Um, and if so, how did you manage to overcome them and still be sitting here as a performing artist? Sure. Yeah. Good question. I think, um, I think I'll generalize and say, I think every performer, uh, goes through periods of, you know, uh, just immense joy and satisfaction as well as huge, huge, uh, depressive uh, 
dongas or valleys, whatever you want to call it. And I always have viewed, and something, something that's helped me along the way, this is my, my two cents of philosophy here, is I don't view happiness or um, success or whatever these things are, um, I don't see it as, I don't see them as linear, as a linear plane. Like I think, and I could say the same for morality as well, but anyway, I think there's peaks and valleys. I think your life is, is, is peaks and valleys all over the place. Uh, and it's not the steady progression. You know, people always say things to me like, oh, you know, you wrote a book and everything. Like, oh, you know, you, you've done it. Like, I don't know what that means. To no, you're successful. You've made it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that means. Um, you know, I just have these things that I do and I'm not quite sure what they mean when they say that. Mm. Um, and sometimes I take offense when I ask them that, but I know they mean well, but still, I don't know what that means. And so I think along my journey along the way, I've had like immense failures. I've had many no's. I've had to knock on many doors and I've had multiple no's. And I've tried to use the philosophy that every no is just closer to a yes. And that is true statistically. Mm. I mean, on the probability scale, that's what's going to happen, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's the same I could say for driving my car. The more I drive my car, the closer I get to having an accident. So that makes no sense. But uh, of course, I've had um, doubts and things along the way. I've never, I've never doubted what I do and why I do it. I've never gone and said, ah, you know, I think my, my interior motives are wrong. You know, and I mean, both, but, uh, you but, know, but because you I, from the get go, you've always, you always know your yeah. intention behind what you've been Absolutely. doing. Okay. Yeah. I've always, I've always, this just felt right. You know, it's like a lot of people would say, like, I'm sure Roger, Roger Federer would say the same. He's just been playing tennis. It's just, it just, it just oh, is. It wasn't, a forced, never, it wasn't a forced action. Yeah. It just, it, it just, that's, that's, that's what came up, you know, yeah. um, not sure Tiger Woods could say the same, but he still did play golf because he wanted to play golf. But still, um, so it's just always felt right. And there's been loads of speed bumps along the way. I mean, there's been, you know, canceled shows, um, uh, you know, um, things that go wrong, horribly wrong. You put, you know, you're rehearsing for months for like 20 minutes on stage and it doesn't quite go the way you think mm. um, and so forth. And an interesting um, piece of philosophy that I that I that I remembered is your rehearsals will never be like can never be like your performance and it took me a long time to realize that as well you know you rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and then you do the show and the two somehow they don't feel the same mm -hmm. but I had to realize that they can never feel the same they will never feel the same your rehearsal you're like oh man na I nailed that nailed that Different and, uh, and then you go out on stage and you do it and it just feels either better or worse, but it can never be the same. And it mm. took me a long time to realize that. And I think I struggled a little bit with that. Um, but I never doubted like why I was doing it, what I was doing it, or, uh, you know, now, now is the time to kind of end it all and everything. Mm. Uh, even through difficult times and, and things like that, um, I just see it as peaks and valleys. And so when you get, um, so when you get to those, when you get to those moments, like, the the 20 minute you've been racing for months for a 20 minute segment 20 minutes yeah. completely flops like yeah who is this guy yeah. thing um yeah how, how yeah. do you how do you leave that going okay yeah. let's brush it off and yeah on we go how, how do you how do you I, personally deal with that 20 minutes of yeah slow clap? i, I kind of think yeah i kind of think to myself like um 
I always like I'll analyze the show. I will take my notes. I'll watch the the footage back. I'll get the, I'll get that feedback. I think it's important to have a small group of colleagues that you can trust, um, that you can listen to, that will be honest with you. Um, a small small support group. It can be. It could even be three people, but three people that either know your art or know you, uh, or both, um, and have some type of uh, valued expertise, mm. and 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 to bounce, like if I felt negative about that, I would bounce it off them, and they can be the soundboard, which will help yeah, me feel better. Feedback. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I can do a show, and I can that maybe they witnessed, and I can ask them for critical feedback. Um, with the mindset that every performance I do is in itself a learning experience. So I remind myself, I say, that wasn't, the, that wasn't it. That is just another stepping stone on learning. This- so then you try not to make that same mistake in the next show. Yeah, yeah. So every show is a learning experience for me. And a lot of the times, um, especially with television work, because TV allows you to do certain things that you couldn't do on stage, like I can have a helicopter or I can do all these things. Um, you've really only got one shot at it. And um, once you've filmed and it's in the can and you watch it back, there are a myriad of things you can go, oh, if only I, you know, if we just... That way or and that. if you have that constant mindset, you will, you will go mad. You will literally go mad. You, because you, when you were you doing to, it, it felt right in the moment. Yeah. Exactly, and right also in the moment that was the best in the moment. Yeah, don't be too and also watching it back. And also, as an artist, you will never be happy with anything you do, ever, ever. Uh, five five years from now, we'll be watching this podcast back, and you'll be like, "Oh man, if only we, you know, if we, it would have been easier if we just, you know, we should have just, you know." Change there's that. always yeah, things that sure. you can like change. For sure. And the best thing I can I can explain to people is, once you've you've given all your energy to something and you feel like you've put in the right amount of time, <clears throat> which is only you can answer that question. Yeah. And you perform it to the best of your ability. There are always going to be things that go wrong. Mm-hmm. So don't beat yourself up about those. Um, try and just use those as not failure, but try and view it as feedback for yourself. So it might just be um, uh, semantics, but whatever. And then take it. Fold the, fold the lotus leaf up, put it on the, on the lake and just watch it go over the waterfall and move on. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like if you're going to dwell on that thing forever, yeah. it's you'll never move up. forward. Mm-hmm. You'll never move forward. Yeah. And so, and, and, in the my, entertain, and in the entertainment arts, there's because you've oh, got geez. thousands of people watching yeah. you in and your shows, also, the criticism will come in. Oh man. And, shape, and also, uh, and just one, one, fi- one final tip is if you're going to put yourself out in the public eye, you're going to get shot. It's a matter of time. If you haven't been shot yet, you're going to get shot again. You're going to get shot multiple times. Yeah. You need to have thick skin yeah. and you need to have that support group that you know will, will look after you and give you critical feedback. They won't just say, oh, it was great. No, no, no. I want more than that. I want more than that, but know that they have your best interests at heart. And those that criticize you and want to pull you down and stuff, it's really, and especially now in the age of social media, it is so tempting to go online. Like if you have a TV show like I did and you put yourself out, the amount of messages I got on Facebook, on any, any way these people can get hold of me is like a plethora yeah, of fake, stuff. You're a fraud, you this, you. Yeah, and, yeah. and how can you do this and you worship this and you do this and da, 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 da. 
Yeah. And I can choose to respond to those or not. And mm. I choose to not be delusional about it, mm. but I choose to, those people, me responding to them is not going to change their mind. They've no, made no. Their minds up. no, if they've you got an what? opinion, like it's, it's just going to drain your energy by replying. Yeah. And those, those that enjoy the show, that's what I'm doing it for. And it's, mm. it's like music, you know, not everybody likes jazz, you know, it's just one of those things. <laughs> Great, man. Um, <laughs> Uh, look, I think we've I think we've touched on quite a few, uh, not only entertainment and show wise, but a lot of yeah. uh, uh, philosophical points, life lessons, and and, and <laughs> yeah. a lot of, yeah, a lot of thinking that that you brought to the table. Um, and even as well as I do know you, and I've seen your incredible products numerous times. Like I've learned a lot, even just by by chatting to you, cool. to you now today. So thank you for that. Um, I'm glad um, to hear that. So for those that are, I will link the book, I'll link your, uh, your TV special um, below after this. Where else can people uh, connect with you, whether it be on social or, or whichever platform? Yeah. Just to either give you feedback about this podcast, they can comment in, sure. in the thing below yeah. you, or just to connect with you maybe for a future corporate or they're looking for yeah. uh, what you can bring. I mean... The, the, the easiest way is for people to email me, which is info at brianmiles.com, which I'm sure you can, you can put people. That's the easiest and quickest way to get hold of me because I'm very good on the emails. Um, social media, sure. I'm not myself a huge, huge fan of it. And that's, that's a separate podcast we can talk about. But <laughs> yeah. info at brianmiles.com is probably the best and quickest way uh, to get hold of me for anything, really. Cool. Um, what I'll do is what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll pop your website below as well. Um, just cause that's, yeah, website, that's, that's the, the general thing, yeah. con contact for everyone. And, um, and yeah, for those of you who are looking for, and I will, uh, I will endorse this. He is <laughs> super entertaining, super charismatic, um, in, in the live setting for sure. But not as good looking as you. That's the only thing, you know, <laughs> the thing is I, <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to age a little, a little bit over here. Yeah. Get in the gray. Um, yeah. So yeah, I can, I can vouch for he is a, a, a incredible person and entertainer. So I thank you. I'm, I, I'm very glad that our paths crossed those years ago when we did. Yeah, um, me too. And thank Good you for time. coming to the podcast and sharing some of your, of your journey. It's been, it's been very. Thanks for having me. Great. No, no worries. No worries. All right, everyone, um, for those, those of you who have watched this through, who have liked it, uh, please like it, share it with not only the people in entertainment, but, but anyone who will find this. Uh, share it with your family, your cousins, your work colleagues. Um, share it with them. Give some feedback in the comments below um, on YouTube and on Facebook as to, as to um, any thoughts or opinions or, uh, or anything that was running through your mind while watching this. And, uh, Check all the links below that I will eventually tag that you can contact Brian. And, um, and yeah, I, I, I actually hope that we'll do a follow-up sometime where we've got a lot of things, even from the psychological point of view to the mindset to the philosophy. We've got a ton that you and me can actually talk about. Um, so I can definitely see a follow-up coming on. All right, everyone. This is Coffee and Perspective 004 with the incredible Brian Miles. Thank you for your time. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Coffee and Perspective. If you enjoyed it, please go like, rate, review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you may be listening to this as your feedback will mean a ton to me. Until next time, cheers.